Welcome to the V Podcast, where we interview inspiring people from the vegan community. Together, we're going to talk about health, ethics, sustainability, fitness, and the list goes on. Here's your host, Andrea Aronica. Hello and welcome back to the V Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Aronica. We met in the first episode where we talk about vegan bodybuilding with Daniel. It was a great chat and I hope you will have the chance to actually listen to it if you want to take your fitness journey to the next level. Today we're going to talk about a different topic. We're going to talk about stray animals in Bali and in particular dogs and cats. So let's get this started. The guest of today's episode has been vegan for 15 years. He has been a guest on the Dodo Here section and he has been a speaker at various vegan festivals running topics such as how to talk to meat eaters as a vegan. So let's welcome Hiron Hughes. Hi guys, really nice to uh, really nice to be here and Andrea, thanks for thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm really, really happy actually to, to have you here on the show because I believe you can definitely inspire many people with your story and your brand. Uh, yeah, so really happy to have you here, man. And you heard it right. So Aaron is the owner of a clothing brand called Sun and Sage. You can find him on Instagram at sun underscore and underscore sage or at www.sunandsageclothing.com. Okay, man. So first question, just to break the ice and to actually get to know you a little bit better. What's your story and how did you end up in Bali and not somewhere else? Oh yeah, that's uh, there's, there's a long answer and a short answer that to that. I'll try and give you the sh- the shorter the shorter answer. But um, yeah, around uh, right, I was uh, I was working with charities a lot in the in the UK, and I was uh, my profession is uh, charity fundraising and writing grant applications and things like that. And um, I was working for an organisation that. Uh, you know, at the time, things I, I liked what they were doing, but things weren't really going too well for me at all. I, w- I wasn't as successful as I'd been in the previous job before that, so it felt like I was going downhill a bit. And um, yeah, I, w- I wanted to leave and find a new job, but it was 2012, and this is a point where the impacts of the re- recession at the time were still going going on. So I was applying for all these jobs and. Um, I was I was coming up against people who had a lot more experience than me and everything like that, um, and yeah, it was frustrating to not be to be kind of stuck in a job that I didn't really want, but also to have feedback saying, "Yeah, we thought you were pretty good," but there was another person who uh, who was a bit better, had a bit more experience, who fit the role a bit more. So yeah, I was feeling a bit down, and then um, I thought to myself, well. You know, if I don't like my job, I'll just quit it and see see what happens after that. Um, yeah, that's brave, man. That's brave. Yeah, so uh, I ended up just um, panicking a bit after that and applying to, you know, yeah. everywhere I was applying to jobs in the UK. I was applying to volunteering roles. I applied to a bunch of roles all over the world. Just you know, see what happens. And uh, there was an organisation called Bali Animal Welfare Association. Um, who replied, and I thought, "Wow, is is that is that real?" I'd never even heard of Bali at the time, so they replied, and they said, "Oh yeah, we'd like to give you an interview." So I talked to them over Skype, and they gave me a bit a quick introduction, introduction, 
about um, what the issue is with animals in Bali and at the time Bali Animal Welfare Association, they were in search of a fundraiser. Um, so I thought, fantastic. Um, I told them a bit more about what I do and what I thought I could do for them. And uh, it, it was like a jigsaw piece that just fits. So um, that yeah. was a... You were the man. You were the man. Yeah, so that was a <laughs> that was a three month um, like volunteering thing, pretty much. And I uh, I came over to Bali for three months, and that was nine years ago. <laughs> wow, that's a long time ago, man. I, like, wow, are you still there? Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's, that's uh, awesome. It's, if you would have told me at the time. I'd uh, I'd have called you crazy. called you crazy yeah. because you know I was with my family I love my town and uh, everything like that but uh, it's funny where the world takes you and I remember thinking shall I do it shouldn't I do it and a friend said to me at the time if you don't do it you'll always wonder what would have happened if you did do oh, it yeah. and then he he also said but if you do do it and fail at least you'll be able to say that you did it and you tried and you exactly. gave it your best shot. Yeah. So um, that's that's really the conversation that inspired me to go. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll go and do it and see how I go. And it was it was pretty scary. I'd never really done anything like that before. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it changed your life completely. It changed your life around completely. And if you had like to go back. And to make that decision again, would you decide to go to Bali or would you like spend your time in England and find maybe another job? Oh, a hundred percent. I'd, uh, you know, it's, uh, you can't live your life with any regrets. <laughs> I don't think. Um, but the, the way things it's all taken me, I mean, uh, I was with Bauer is their, uh, acronym name. Okay. Um, I was with them for about a, a year and a half in the end. Um, and I've had all sorts of uh, different experiences since I've been here. And it, it, it has been absolutely fantastic. And up until now, uh, there's new things happening all the time. Yeah. You know, being invited on podcasts like this is <laughs> That's just fantastic. Again, if you'd have told me that. It would, it would have <laughs> sounded crazy. I think, I think yeah. yeah, exactly. I didn't, I didn't know what a podcast was back then. <laughs> me neither, <laughs> me neither. You're not alone. You're not alone. That's That's awesome. Yeah, I mean... Things can happen like in just in the blink of an eye, like uh, this podcast happened to be one of those things. Anyway, anyway, I was wondering, and I'm sure people are wondering as well, why have you decided to spend so much time to actually help animals? Because this is what you do in Bali in your free time, apart from being a fundraiser, a professional one, you also help animals, stray animals in particular. Why is that so? Why have you decided to spend so much so much time to actually do that yeah it's um it, it it's it's kind of difficult and easy okay. to explain but anyone who's been to bali and maybe a few listeners have um they'll probably have noticed if they drive anywhere outside even inside the tourist areas um you end up seeing animals that need help to the point where you can't drive from a to b without seeing an animal that needs help and um well that's sad man yeah for the first for the first few years i was i was here you know even though i i was i was uh, with this animal organization you know i i'd uh, see the animal and i i drive past and i go oh that's so sad i'll report it later and hopefully someone will come and help the animal 
And that was kind of, I don't know why, and I can't really explain it. And that was kind of my thinking. Um, and then there was a couple of occasions where I saw, I found an animal that was in such bad condition that I knew this animal needs help like right now. So I'd stop for the animal and I'd do the same thing. I'd, I'd say, oh, who can help this animal? And I'd call someone else um, to see if somebody could come and come and help them. Um, and then there was a, a, a couple of couple of times where nobody could come and help because they're really busy because everybody's calling them saying, can you please help these animals? Um, so I was kind of like forced into it by not having any other option, but it also gave me this realization that instead of being someone that I didn't, you know, I didn't think I had the capacity to be able to, to do anything like that. Um, I, I was confronted with a situation where I had to do something. And so, yeah, I did. I started working, working it out and, uh, it was, you know, it wasn't, wasn't perfect and it never is really perfect with, with rescuing animals here. It's very rare to have a, have a perfect rescue, but, um, I ended up working effectively working it out myself and um the next animal i was like right i can stop and i can know what i can do for this particular animal so i i come a bit more prepared being able to do that and um like i was alluding to before it very much snowballs if you see animals in bali there's not many people that live here and don't have a bunch of animals that they've rescued in their house because they do a similar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand. And uh, what you're doing is incredible. What you do is definitely incredible. And uh, I'm sure it will inspire many people to maybe, as you said, like not look away and actually do something to help these animals. But why there are so many stray animals in Bali? What's the real problem there? Right, yeah, that's... Uh... Again, we could probably talk for a couple of hours on this one as well, but uh, I'll, I'll try and for based on based on my experience sure. and uh, working with different different people who do similar things, I'd say it's a it's a massive mixture of reasons. It's not like any one reason. Like uh, people uh, just really don't like animals or something. Okay. and it can be really easy for people to boil it down into into one reason. Um, but we are talking about an island that, uh, even in times without coronavirus, there's a there's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of people who are struggling to make ends meet. There's a lot of people whose first focus, rightly so, is themselves and being able to feed themselves and their families before uh, reaching reaching out to others. So, like I say, I, I was in a position where. You know, I, I had the I, I, I was able to to do those things myself and I still wasn't doing it. Um, so there's there's the financial element, but there's also things like culture. Um, it's dogs, dogs, especially in Bali, they're seen as like they're not feral, but they're um, also not a, pe a pet or a companion animal like we might call in the Western world where, uh, you have like a bed sure. next to your yeah. bed for your, yeah. for your dog. Animals in, in Bali are very much roaming often, even though 
they're considered to have an owner. Like somebody will say, this is, this is my dog, but the dog will spend half of the day just running up and up and down wow. the village. Wow. Um, so you, you've got that as well. And then there's one of the other big problems is that, like I was saying before, it's very difficult if there isn't education as well. So when you mix education, culture, and finances, it becomes uh, not a single issue. It becomes all these different issues where people might not even understand that it's a it's a good thing to do to sterilize an animal, for example. And let's say somehow they've uh, they've realized that it's a it's a great idea to sterilize animals because that will mean there's less puppies and kittens Absolutely. on the street that need. Uh, that need, need our help, even if they realize that it's very difficult for them to be able to organize it financially yeah. in their community and things like, things like that. Um, so it's a lot of it is because this is the way it's always been. So there's like a tradition element as well, where it's, it's not different to normal. Like a, a Westerner might come here and be shocked that there's a lot of animals on the streets but to your average person who's lived here all their it's life, normal. it's just like any any yeah. other day and it's normal. So there's there's so many reasons behind it. And I, I, I don't think that we can sort of be angry at any particular people. Like even, even a person, yeah. I found, I found a guy who was literally throwing away his dog and no way it's yeah. And like the initial reaction, of course, would be like, oh, I'm so angry. And you want to shout at him and things. But, uh, you know, I stopped and talked to him and he, he said that he was, um, he didn't know what to do with the dog and he thought that the dog had a better chance um, in the market than it did in his village because people didn't like the dog. So there's all sorts of different circumstances Absolutely. as well where like, you can consider someone who throws away an animal as a bad person but uh, until you're in their shoes, it's very difficult to to actually know the how and why and understand the series of events um, throughout their life that have come to the point where that somebody might throw away an animal. Absolutely, absolutely. So, like, were you shocked when you came, like, to Bali nine years ago and you saw all these animals running around? And, like, what was your first reaction to that? Yeah, it was it was a bit of a shock. Like uh, I'd uh, I'd be on the way from the airport, and I'd be like, "Oh, can we stop and stroke that yeah, dog?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's heartbreaking. And, and, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, but, but I mean, I get looks like I, I was crazy. I yeah. was crazy because it was normal for yeah, them. Because I mean, there's there's so many dogs. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, you see that every every two seconds, but um, yeah, it's. It was it was a bit of a culture shock when I first came here and 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 saw it. But um, over the years, like I was saying just then, you kind of do come to an understanding of why things are like this, and you kind of um, can let go of the anger and try and sort of pull that up into something positive, so you can focus on doing something that's actually impactful for the for the animals. Here. So that's what I've been trying to do. Absolutely. It's it's all about that. It's all about that. But like you said, like that guy uh, at the market was like, uh, let me say, like throwing away his dog. It's not really nice to say, but that's what probably was doing. But 
what kind of disease these dogs or cats usually have and how can you treat them to yeah to actually help them out i mean that's a that's another part of the education part that i um touched on before that when an animal gets sick a lot of people don't know or can't afford to get the medicine for the animal and um it's they they you, they really can be forgiven for thinking oh you know this animal doesn't stand a chance it's going to spread disease if it stays in my village and then they'll go and take the animal somewhere else or or throw it away as the term may be um so you you it's true that um you can kind of tell an animal that is a roaming animal that kind of has a home and an animal that's being been thrown away they're often looking a bit confused or you can see physically that they have things like skin problems and this is one of the biggest issues um that i see is animals that have skin problems and it's there's it depends what the cause of the skin problem is but normally normally it's a bacterial or parasitic infection um and that can actually be easily fixed by just giving uh, a small a small tablet i use a tablet called bravecto yes um, i heard Bravecto. I, yeah. I, I learned it from your video man, and from your instagram bravecto that's ah, a right, one yeah, so that's a one i'm often pointing my phone and sort of saying look i'm uh, i'm putting yes. this small tablet down and i'll come yes. back to this animal next week and the week after and the week after and and show how this animal is doing um and it really is just just one one treatment using this bravecto okay. tablet Simple that as that. Fix, yeah the parasitic and, and fungal but it does take about a month and the other issue is the the cost of one tablet of bravecto is uh, i'm english so i use i'll use pounds and yeah it's a, it's about 20 25 pounds for so it would a, be around 30 euros or something i guess yeah it will be a, a, around 30 euros a little bit less probably yeah, so to to expect people who um, who earn something like two two hundred pounds a month to be able to afford that, you, you're suddenly asking them to not to, to eat probably a good portion of yes. their income. Yeah, on on that. So, um, medic yeah, medication is expensive, and um, I I find myself in the in the position where I've been able to create something where like to the point where even myself, if I didn't have Sun and Sage and I wasn't trying to turn it into like a sustainable clothing brand that uses uh, part of the profits for good and reinvest the other part of the profits to try and build the brand a bit more uh, and give myself a sustainable sure. future as well. There's no way I could afford to pay for all of the Bravecto pills I buy. And that's, that's just the, that's just that one medicine. You're, there's, other medicine, depending on what the illness is sure, with the sure, animal. Sure. There's, of course, veterinary veterinary costs. Um, so there's They're all high, sorts, and it sure. really does, yeah, it really does pile up. And uh, I just, like I say, I, I feel very grateful that I've been able to develop my business and um, be able to use use it as a platform to to not just rescue the animals, but also spread a bit of awareness about them and link that to veganism too. Yeah, 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 no, I totally understand. And uh, you, you told us that you have this um, 
this clothing brand called Sun and Sage Clothing. Yeah. And uh, did you have like any experience in the clothing industry before starting this journey? And actually, when did this brand actually uh, saw the light of day? When did everything started? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd say I had the idea for, in my head for about a year before I actually started it. And um, uh, like, like I was saying, I, uh, I, was, I was rescuing a lot of animals and spending a lot of money. And I knew that I couldn't afford to keep doing that. And it just wasn't a sustainable model for helping them. Um, meanwhile, this is around 2017, which uh, I think was one of the biggest years for um, for veganism. And what I wanted to, I, I saw all of these sort of new vegans popping up and everybody was so inspired and wanting to, to do something and to use their spare time to promote veganism. And we were seeing all these um, activist events and different ways that people could um, highlight what's happening with animals around the world. And I thought, wow, these guys are inspiring. And they inspired me to, uh, to think a bit more about what I could do to promote veganism as well. So on one hand, I was rescuing a bunch of animals quite unsustainably. On the other hand, I'd just been inspired about uh, creating a little business and clothing brand to, and then I thought, I, why don't I marry the two? Um, they both fit in very well with each other. Um, the love of animals and of course, veganism. Um, and I really do see re rescuing Rescuing animals like dogs, dogs and cats is very similar. Well, the same really as rescuing um, pigs and cows. It's just the world we live in that uh, it's very easy to rescue a dog. That if you were to try and rescue a pig or a cow, you might get put in uh, put in jail for theft. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally understand that. And uh, it's crazy if you think about it. Maybe right now you don't know it but you're inspiring someone to actually start his own business and to help animals and to actually spread the vegan message. We don't know that, but maybe in one year time, someone else is going to do something similar and is going to do something good. So you have been inspired in the past and now you're inspiring people. So it's all about that. It's, it's crazy. It all starts with an idea and then uh, you see, I mean, it's, isn't it crazy? Like if you think about it, yeah, that, I mean that would be amazing. I mean, I do, I do every all my sun and sage stuff. I have a full time job, and all of my sun and sage and animal rescue stuff is actually in in my spare time. And I think if people are anything like me, you won't really see it as work. You'll see it as something you enjoy and a passion that you can follow. And uh, for me personally as well, it's it's really helped to give me a massive fulfillment in what was a missing gap in my life around uh, 2017 so it's been it's been four years now and uh, I feel so happy I can be in this this position and if I can inspire anybody else out out there to start their own business or do do any little thing that they think is a good idea to help animals whether it's rescuing them or trying to focus on promoting veganism in any way they like. Um, yeah, I, I, I really hope I can be a posit positive influence. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. And um, 
I just wanted to talk with the people that are actually listening about the quality of your products, because I remember when I first received uh, one of your products and it was my first bamboo t-shirt. I never had one. So it was like literally my first one and your t-shirt, I still, I have like the label here in front of me. It's 17% bamboo and 30% cotton. And I remember actually, and I'm actually, I'm feeling it right now. I cannot like share it with you, but just get one and you will understand by yourself. It's like, it's like a really, really particular texture and it's super soft, but I mean, yeah, you can explain a little bit more regarding the quality of your products and uh, why is it like a sustainable brand? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I, uh, I was looking around at a few different materials and then I ended up finding it, finding this bamboo material and I did a bit of research into it at the time and it seemed like a really great material to be able to use and it was light and airy and uh, bamboo grows very quickly and doesn't need so much um, chemicals and things to grow it. So I thought, yeah, that's a, that's a really great material. And I've been using this material um, for quite some time. And one of the key things that really attracted me to it is that uh, I can purchase the material here in Indonesia and I can go and get the t-shirts made locally. I can literally walk in to um, the little um, factory that's making them and uh, and do my own little videos in there. It's all very open and uh, you can see the people that are working on your clothing, which I've, I, um, what, well, I'd say like, of course, I'm passionate about that as well. And that's why I've made it a big part of the, the business. At the time, I, I didn't actually really think about who made my clothes and where my clothes come from. I'd just go to like a high street shop and probably, you know, take their word for it. They know what they're doing. Um, but it, it did make me realize that uh, worker conditions are one of the most important things that you can that you can do. And it makes me very sad to know that you can go into a shop on the high street and buy a t-shirt for two pounds or three euros or whatever because there is no possible way that there's that there's a a way that everybody in in that um in the production line can do well off it so i i started researching that a little more and and see seeing seeing that and yeah that that made me that made me really say hey this is yeah i'm, I'm trying to be as an eth ethical business as I possibly can um, and also showing that you don't need to be like cutthroat ruthless businessman to have a successful business to do well in your business um, you can use your business to be a force for good in the world and that's what that's what I'm really trying to do I'm not going to lie and say that bamboo is the perfect material it does take um, a good amount of um, industrial process to turn it from bamboo into fabric. Um, but I am always trying to improve as well. So I'm also looking at different materials and uh, looking at the best ways I can continue to develop myself. I had no experience at all in, in like the garment industry or fashion industry. So I've learned, learned 
a few important lessons myself that if I could go back, I, I probably wouldn't repeat. But um, now that I know, I also am able to correct stuff that I don't don't necessarily um, agree with, and I'm happy that I can do that. And I think that's the important thing when you when you see an issue, whether it's you know the food you eat or your impact in a clothing clothing business. Once you know what's going on, um, you have two choices: you can continue causing the damage, yeah. or you can try and improve it and do better. And I think for it really comes into a full circle for me that that's exactly what veganism is as well. Just trying to do your best to cause as little um, damage as possible. To yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's totally. Yeah, it totally makes sense. It's all about that. And uh, when you were talking about like uh, the co the actual cost of uh, like making a T-shirt, for example, and what's behind it, there is a really great movie. It's more like a documentary, I guess, and it's called like the True Cost. I don't know if you ever the True Cost. I don't know if you ever seen it. It's on Netflix, I guess. Yep. And um, yeah, it actually explains. What's behind uh, that tissue we get from H&M or Bershka and all these kind of brand, uh, Primark and so on and so on. And what's really behind it? So that's definitely enough to make people understand that probably it's time maybe to buy less and to buy more conscious, consciously uh, and to buy from brands like like the one you have. So you were saying, you were saying that your brand is going, how's, how's your brand going so far? Like how's the business going? You, you have been up and running for four years and yeah. How's it going? Yeah. It's, um, it's been up and down to be honest. The first year I, I didn't really sell anything at all. And, um, at the time, um, I was, I was trying to be all businessy and, um, I was trying to make out like Sun and Sage was this like big mega vegan yeah. <laughs> t-shirt company. And I thought that's what people wanted. And, you know, it, I was looking at, um, I was looking at what other people were doing and I was trying to emulate it. And, um, I kind of, I kind of thought, look, this isn't, this isn't working and it's not really who I am. I'm kind of not lying, but, uh, not really showing really who's behind this and that there's a real human being trying their best to build something successful that also has a good impact on, on the world. And yeah, why don't I just start showing that? And, um, previously I was saying we, we rescue, we do this. And, um, I do like, maybe I'd, um, do like a before and after post of an animal, um, that I'd rescue and say thank you to the community and things like that. Like, uh, all, all this stuff that wasn't, wasn't really me. So one of my new year's resolutions in, uh, I think it was 2020, 2019 times going so fast, um, was to just sort of be genuine and be honest and it's all about that. start recording what I'm doing on a daily basis. And yeah, like that's what I've been doing. I've just, uh, you know, I stop and feed an animal. I'll get my phone out and say, hello, everybody. I'm just 
feeding this animal and you know even if i don't rescue that animal right away yeah just just being able to put a bit of food or medicine down for them is better than if i would have just driven by and said oh that's sad so i'm trying to show everything i do and and show that like i'm an actual human being um and show what the heart of the business is and you asked how it was going yeah up until i changed that it wasn't going very well and ever since i've changed that um there, there's so many positives that i can i can mention um was recently featured on the dodo which blew, yeah, blew my mind that's awesome that's uh, awesome the messages yeah the messages of support that came from that um the fact that you know people people who I'd, i've never met before who are just names over the internet or were just names over the internet have been sending messages uh saying saying how much they appreciate it and uh how much they love seeing like the Instagram stories and things. Um, and I've become genuine friends with a lot of people. Like you're a good That's example of, of this. <laughs> I, uh, Absolutely, we, man. We Absolutely. didn't know each other. And no, no. We, we met like a, a few... one year ago. What, how long, how long was it? Like did we met it one year ago? A couple of years. A couple of years, you said? Could be, could be could be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scroll back through our Instagram <laughs> chat yes. and uh, yeah. let you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it has been a while. It has been crazy. Like, uh, as you said, it, when when you use, when you're genuine on social networks in general, you can actually really connect with people. And uh, in, in a sort of way, they become your friends and they can help you along the journey because it's all about helping each other. It's all about like supporting each other because as we said also at the beginning before actually recording this podcast, um, we are all doing what we do for the same goal, which is like helping animals. And so there's no point, there's no reason to actually find between each other. And instead, we should use our energy to focus on actually helping the animals instead of fighting between us so yeah i mean uh, and that's what we should do in my opinion anyway yeah i i agree i couldn't agree with you more and you know it, it really saddens me when i see like infighting um about how best to do this or who's doing that and the the truth is everyone's trying their best you know i don't think there's for example such thing as a perfect vegan yeah no there's so no you cannot really yeah. do that unless you sort of live on the side of a mountain and don't <laughs> ever use a phone and don't ever do this or that but so, even in that case yes. you will stab some ants so yeah yeah exactly exactly and no, nobody's nobody's perfect as you said at the beginning we try to cause less harm as practically possible obviously uh just by leaving you cause harms to other you cause harm to others but what we try to do by going vegan is to minimize the harm in order to reduce our impact on this planet and to actually help animals. So, yeah, it, it's all about that. It's not about being perfect, but it's about trying our best. And uh, being vegan, as we said in the previous, uh, in the previous like um, episode with Daniel, uh, being vegan is 
seriously the least we can do because being vegan is a non-action it's like i don't do that because i'm against this kind of uh industry or this kind of system so it's a non-action having a, a clothing brand like you have having a podcast or helping animals in the streets doing outreach this is an action and this is what is in my opinion ask to everyone else that it's apart from just being vegan you know yeah i think i, I think it's really i think it's really important for us to focus on on the positives and i know like it can be a really dark subject and and a really horrible thing to to talk about and you can end up having like disastrous conversations with friends and family that you know are really kind compassionate people and um my my what what i believe and continue to believe and always have is that i don't think anybody wants to hurt animals i don't people don't want to the forest chopped down people don't want global warming you know we don't we we don't want to do this stuff and if you ask anybody if they like it and they're really happy to do it they'll say no no people don't want to kill animals as an example either and i think that's our natural state um but we are also fighting like we said at the start of this conversation we're fighting against uh, a culture that's told us it's okay um and that it's the right thing to do and it's been drummed into us since we're since we're born pretty much so i i try my best to have put myself in the shoes of the people who i'm talking to especially about veganism if they're not quite sort of getting where i'm coming from i try to think of what it was like before i was vegan um as well and i remember one one at one point i was i was almost bullying a vegan for being vegan before i turned wow. vegan because wow. I, yeah and uh, i didn't i didn't really know or understand sort of who and why and what they were even trying to achieve and you know at, at the time i genuinely this is not a joke i thought that cows would explode if we did not milk them i thought we were doing them a favor so really yeah like all these things like chickens lay eggs anyway yeah yeah no it makes sense i felt cows were producing milk just because they were producing milk i didn't know they were impregnate forcibly impregnated and they had to give birth to a calf so yeah i mean it's nothing new to me i think a lot of people don't know that and when they do when they do find out about it it's it's also another big big bridge to cross because you're kind of having to confront all of the things you've you know yeah and you kind of have to yeah. come to a realization that the things you you knew before aren't don't actually run at all in line with your morals and ethics and i think most people would actually come to that which that that's one of the reasons that i'm so positive about the vegan movement that i think if people if people really do see and are able to have positive conversations with uh with vegans then uh yeah hopefully it can start changing the world and again that's what that's uh what I'm trying to do in a small way and i think you touched on it that uh um it's it's effectively a non action sure you're uh, not uh you're not contributing to the animals but that like killing the animals and uh whether it's health or uh, the environment as well um they may be your your reasons but 
not contributing to it isn't also isn't the same as not doing anything to say hey this is wrong so i'm not i'm not saying that everybody should sort of stand in the street with buckets of blood and throwing it over people and and so on but um i i really think it's brilliant if vegans out there can get active in a really positive positive way that uh, that helps people absolutely yeah that helps people to see that um yeah, vegans aren't a bunch of like hippie weirdos or whatever. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, to help them turn it into into something positive and send people away from conversations thinking, "Hey, he was a he or she was a vegan, and they seem like a great guy." I, you know, oh, yes. uh, that's that's changed oh, yes. things for me. Yeah. It's so, definitely yeah. changing. It's yeah. definitely changing. And since time is running out, I had like so many questions for you. I, I would love to ask you so many more things, but unfortunately time is a little bit running out. But before leaving each other, I would love to know if there is a story in particular of a dog or a cat that you will always remember. Oh, there's, um, honestly, there's been quite a lot. And I do, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like I, carry them round with me and it probably sounds a bit bit of a bit of a cheese bag <laughs> <laughs> statement to make but uh, um like uh there was a there was a, a puppy just a, a a few months ago called i called him sean and um he passed away oh i'm sorry and i think the same night i was eating he, he was just a he was just a confused baby and the same night I was eating with a friend who was eating, um, they were eating a pig. Oh, wow. And, you know, I just want, I just wanted to scream at them because I'd seen this innocent baby animal and that's what it was. He was an innocent baby animal. He didn't know he was a dog as much as a pig doesn't really know they're a pig. They could have, they could have easily been in reversed situations yet, it's the dog that we tried to save and the dog that everybody loved. And it's the pig that was killed. And even, even the, like the dog was sick, but the pig was healthy and yeah. still, still killed and turned into food. And it was gut wrenching. And, uh, I made a little video about what the connection is between rescuing animals, caring for dogs and cats and the ideals of veganism, which is that, Nobody wants animals to suffer. And if you call yourself a dog lover, sure, you probably are a dog lover and you love dogs, but you can apply the exact same principles that you're using to your dogs to the pig that you might be eating, eating in your bacon sandwich the same night. So I, I hope that's really what I hope also gets through. And those are, the, those are the, sadly the ones that really, really stick with me are the ones that I lose because it really does remind me of the animals that, that we lose in the, and I say we lose them, we breed them just to, just to kill them. And it's like this never ending cycle. Whereas, you know, at least, at least stray animals is, is kind of almost by accident, but this one we're doing on purpose. And it, it really, it really hits me in the gut and, I, you know, I, I spend a couple of days feeling very sad and I try and ball that up into a positive energy that I can put into, into words and put into a video that hopefully can, can influence people 
who may not have made that connection yet to change their mind. So, yeah, sorry, sorry for getting a bit emotional there. It's no, just, uh, no, no, no. It, Thank you for sharing. Hurt, Thank so. you for sharing. Thank you so much for sharing because it, it means a lot. I mean, we see from outside and we think it's all perfect. Everything goes as planned, but sometimes it doesn't. And that's the hard truth and you have to deal with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not always perfect. It's not always perfect at all. But anyway, we are doing our best to actually, as you said, to make this world a better place. And I'm sure, Aaron, you're definitely, definitely, definitely uh, playing a big role in this. So thank you so much, Aaron, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to actually talk to us and to let us know what an amazing work you're doing in Bali. Thank you, Andrea. It's been an absolute pleasure as well. And uh, yes, uh, if I was to leave on on anything, I'd say, yeah, stay, stay positive, guys, and try and, try and make sure that you can um, influence people in a positive positive way and turn any negative negative feelings into something that you hopefully can impact others and uh, yeah it's uh, i found that to really work in in my 15 years of being a vegan Fanta that's fantastic and when i talk about inspiring people from the vegan community i'm talking also about you man because what you do out there is truly inspiring and unfortunately sometimes you are the only hope for those dogs and cats, obviously. So thank you again. And if you want to support him and his work, please consider to buy a www.sunandsageclothing.com. Thank you for listening and see you soon, guys. And see you soon, Aaron. <laughs>